Welcome to True Crime Daily. Even though these stories are short, they are very much intended for an adult audience. The stories that you'll hear cover some very serious subject matter and contain content that will be alarming for some listeners. Today's story in particular discusses violence against a child and discussions of murder. Listener discretion is advised. When James Bolger's parents first saw the CCTV footage of their son being led away through the busy shopping centre in Boodle, England, they sighed in relief. He's going to be okay, Ralph Bolger said to his wife Denise. The footage they saw that day was two young boys, ten or so, leading their two-year-old son James away. It would look innocent enough, and your first thought when you see a ten-year-old is not murderer. February 12, 1993 was unfortunately the exception. This was the day that the 10-year-old John Venables and the 10-year-old Robert Thompson had nothing but vicious plans in place for James. That day, the two young psychopaths found themselves at the New Strand Shopping Centre having skipped school and intent on causing damage. Earlier CCTV footage showed the two shoplifting a number of items, including a tin of blue paint. It most likely would have been missed in real time, but it was said looking back on the tapes that the boys could be seen scanning the shopping centre, looking for a target. And during a police interview, they admitted they had planned to abduct a child that day and push him into traffic. One of the scariest parts of this story is the fact that Venables and Thompson were only 10 years old. They actively made plans that day to go out and abduct a child and commit murder. James Bolger was their second attempt at abduction that day. Earlier, the two had already tried to lure a three-year-old girl and her two-year-old brother out of the shopping center. It was by pure luck that their mother noticed them missing in time and was able to scare the two killers off. That CCTV footage that was seen by millions of people across the world of James being led out of the shopping center by the two was captured only hours before John Venables and Robert Thompson would kill James. After failing to abduct the brother and sister, the two killers continued to wander through the center they noticed James and his mother, who was only momentarily distracted by paying at the deli. They took James by the hand and led him out of the centre. CCTV footage caught them leaving at 3.42 that day. James's mother, Denise, in a panic, quickly found the security guard and described her son. They announced his name over the PA system. With no sign of him by 4.15, he was reported missing to the local police station. Venables and Thompson led James down to a canal, roughly only 400 metres from the shopping centre. They picked up the two-year-old and dropped him on his head, cutting open his forehead. The two killers apparently joked about just throwing him into the canal. From there, they took James on a roughly two and a half kilometer walk through the busy streets of Liverpool. Unfortunately, there was many witnesses who saw how distressed James was. The forehead cut open. Out of the 38 people to see the three boys, only two approached and they were both fobbed off with the killers just saying James was their little brother. What would you have done that day? Their walk ended just across from the Walton Lane police station, where they led James up the steep bank to a railway line. This was between 5.45 and 6.30pm that day. This next part will be hard to hear. Venables and Thompson threw blue paint that they'd stole earlier into James's eyes. They began kicking, punching and stamping on him. They threw bricks at him and they put batteries into his mouth. After the two psychopaths were done, they dropped a 10 kilogram joint iron bar on James's head. The two-year-old suffered 10 skull fractures as a result of that iron bar being dropped on his head. With everything that happened to him that day, he sustained 42 injuries in total. Pathologists later were unable to determine 
which was the fatal blow. This is already the unimaginable, but that was not enough for Venables and Thompson. They took James's lifeless body and laid it across the train tracks. After they left the scene, his body was cut in half by the train. Two days later, his body was discovered by some schoolboys. After seeing the CCTV footage, police began interviewing any children that had been absent from local schools that day. It was an anonymous call that would finally implicate Venables and Thompson after an unidentified witness saw an enhanced copy of the footage and recognized Venables. Police had no doubt it was Venables and Thompson after they found the same blue paint on their clothes, James's blood on their shoes, and the shoes that Thompson wore matched the bruising pattern on James's face. At his arrest, Thompson asked if the boy had been taken to hospital. The boys were charged with the murder of James Bolger eight days after the murder on February 20th, 1993, and appeared at the youth court on the 22nd of February, 1993, where they were remanded in custody to await trial. Over 500 protesters gathered at the magistrate's court during the initial court appearances. Venables and Thompson's parents were moved to different parts of the country and given new identities after receiving death threats. The sick little fucks denied all charges of murder, abduction, and attempted abduction. The prosecution was able to argue against the age of criminal responsibility, which presumes that young children cannot be held legally responsible for their actions. The two were considered by the court to have an ability to act with criminal intent and that they were mature enough to understand that what they were doing was something seriously wrong. The two did not speak in court. The majority of the case was based on 20 plus hours of tape recorded police interviews with the two. Both Venables and Thompson's solicitors tried to claim that it was the other boy more responsible for their actions that day. Public disgust was only intensified when witnesses and the media noted Thompson's cold, seemingly remorseless behavior at the trial compared to Venables, who would constantly outbreak hysterically. It was widely assumed that Thompson was the instigator, even though psychiatrists and authorities have never been able to reach a conclusion on the boy's motives. They were both charged with murder in November that year, becoming the youngest convicted murderers of the 20th century. Unfortunately, they were only given a minimum term of eight years. A petition signed by over a quarter million people called for the two to serve more time. This proved successful and the two were given a revised minimum sentence of 15 years. Unfortunately, this was then overturned, deemed unlawful. The two ended up in separate facilities where they were taught to conceal their real names and what they had done. They were also given an education, regular visits from their parents, and apparent rehabilitation. And like we give a fuck, it was reported that they both suffered from post-traumatic stress, manifesting in constant nightmares and flashbacks of the murder. In June of 2001, eight years after the murder and the trial, the two were deemed no longer a threat to society. Both Venables and Thompson were given new identities, moved to secret locations, and they were given new passports and licenses, qualifications, and new medical records. They were not to contact each other indefinitely and not to have any contact with the Bolger family. There was serious concern for the two that if their real identities were revealed, they would be at risk of harm. Apparently now, Thompson is believed to have settled back into society living a quiet life. Venables, who was also deemed to be no further threat to the public, was imprisoned again in 2010 after being caught with child pornography images. He was released in 2013. And again, not a threat to the public, he was imprisoned in 2017 when more child pornography and a pedophile manual was discovered on his computer. 
26 years on from James's murder, his father Ralph continues to challenge the lifelong order protecting these vile humans. On March 4th, 2019, he lost a legal challenge to have the order lifted. The judge denied the request saying, there is a strong possibility, if not a probability, that if their identities were known, they would be pursued resulting in grave and possibly fatal consequences. <laughs>